Hi, everybody. Um, good day to you all. I am here with Miriam Campbell, who I am so excited to get to know better. Um, we've crossed paths here and there, but I will let her introduce herself because I would also like to know exactly what she does and exactly who she is. So tell us about yourself. Thank you, Missy. It's so, so fun to be here with you. Um, I was telling Missy, like for the second before we spoke before this started, how I'm like a little bit fangirling here. Um, because to me, the idea of connecting to someone's best selves is like such a spiritual connecting with someone's, you know, soul. And to be able to do that all day long is just so powerful and um, just wonderful. So thank you for having me, Musi. Appreciate it very much. Um, I uh, work with social skills because I am passionate about connection. And when we have a self that has a soul, we uh, almost innately want to connect with others because we have a self and we can somehow sense that the other has a self, but we don't always know how to do that or what that looks like. So sometimes our kids will have a diagnosis um, that will let them know that, okay, they struggle with that. And sometimes they won't. They'll just somehow be missing it a little bit or sometimes like have a hard time understanding other people's perspectives or figuring out what to talk about or how to talk about it. Um, and as parents, we want our kids to succeed. We want to give them the world. So I give parents tools to how, you know, to teach them. Okay. So that way they'll know what to do. They'll be empowered. Like, okay, I see the situation. This could be like the biggest catastrophe in this moment. Um, but what I can do with the situation is teach a life skill. So instead of this moment being like the end, you know, the tantrum completely on the floor or like, how could you be so rude to that person? Or why are you so self-absorbed or things like that? There are actual tools that we can give our kids. So that way that interaction can be something transformed into something that will find their bigness where they really can succeed and where they really do have the tools because they have it in them, but being able to guide them in a place where they can access that and know what to do and feel like, oh, like I I can do this. And it's just really exciting and wonderful. That's amazing. I, I just so want to say a little caveat. Okay. Yeah, you you go first. Yeah. Well I, I don't know if your caveat's probably gonna fit better if it goes right here. Okay. So the caveat that I want to say is when I'm talking to Musi, who I know is um, an, a master at building people from their strength, at uncovering and exploring people's strengths and being able to grow from that. Um, I just want to say that when that is essential to the work that we do, because if you don't see your child as capable of connection, as innately wonderful and loving and having those skills, then you will not be able to teach them these skills. You'll just keep growing the things that you're frustrated in seeing. You'll continue growing, seeing their inflexibility in their lack of problem solving skills. You'll continue seeing their lack of self-awareness. So it sounds like what I'm saying is, con con you know, contradicts the work of being able to believe that our children have inner strength. But I actually believe that in order to teach these skills, it has to come from a place of love and connection and belief in their bigness and belief in our bigness as parents to be able to be like, okay, well, I'm losing it because they'd said that for the hundredth million time. How in the world am I going to be able to have patience to be able to find in my heart to say something to them that will help them in any way, shape or form will be at all compassionate or will be at all helpful for them. But being able to connect to our bigness and 
well, and connecting to our child's weakness is the only way to be able to teach these skills in a way that doesn't diminish them, but actually allows them to flourish and blossom and, you know, be their biggest shining selves. That's my caveat. Okay. Well, thank you for introducing yourself and sharing that because that is so cool. I think that um, I'm so excited for my audience to see you because I think what you bring to the table here is something that is so like will only enhance and take Nurtured Heart to the next level, which I'll talk about in a second. But before I do, um, so I know you wrote a book um, for kids that I have, the bubble book. Um, and do you, so you also work like one-on-one coaching or you do trainings or like what, how does that look? Do you work with kids? What does your actual work look like? So, um, I'm a speech therapist and a social worker and I worked for years directly one-on-one with kids, uh, which is really the birthplace of this book, Bubble Double, um, that you mentioned. And the idea of Bubble Double is that there are so many things, there's so many books out there about social skills. And what I was struggling to find was a place to talk about social skills in the context of connection, in the context of love, and in the context of this is something that's going to bring you closer to another person. So this visualization of people sharing a sacred space of connection and the rules of connection being to serve that connection where we say hello to somebody and we greet them because we want to see that they have a self, they have their own bubble, they are they are their own entity outside of us. And we have a self, it you know, starts off talking about how everyone has their own self with their own feelings, their own thoughts, and we interact, everyone around us has their own bubble. And there's ways to connect to the other. Um, so the work that I started off with doing was primarily with kids directly. And over my experience and um, research shows that because so many of these kids are struggling with skills like inferencing, which is understanding one thing from another, doing the skills in one-to-one sessions wasn't as effective as teaching parents to do these skills in real time. So like very often, one of the first things parents will call me and be like, oh, could you work with my child? And so I always ask like, what age? And the context, because there's always more than you know one piece to it. But in general, the route I usually take is supporting parents in knowing what to do, because not only do the parents then know, okay, I could serve all my kids could get these skills because the truth is we all can grow in it. None of us are finished products. I can grow in it. Like, you know, everyone has the space to grow, um, but then they can, you know, support all their kids. But aside from that, it's the kids need the support in real time. It doesn't help them in theory to know, oh, one time someone said I should make eye contact or one time someone said I should, you know, greet or had to have a conversation or how to stay on the topic or et cetera. But if parents know what to do, how, how do I support this skill? How do I? Um, so that's really the bulk of what I'm doing. I'm training therapists and teachers and schools, how to do this in the school systems and how to do this um, with parents. So parents can know like, oh, like I want my child to succeed. And, you know, for some reason, my one-to-one coaching is, you know, it's helpful, but like there's so much more that can be done. There's so much more that, you know, you could know what to do for your child. So that way they can have real life skills. And when they're 30, we'll be able to use these skills and 40, you know, the rest of their lives will be uh, empowering them. It's very fun. Wow. That's huge. Well, that's, that's so huge. I'm, it's so nice to meet you and talk to you and hear all this. I'm so happy for all of the kids that are being affected. I relate to that idea of starting with the kids and then branching outwards, people are like, why are you not in a preschool classroom? You need to be in a preschool classroom. You're such an amazing teacher. And I'm not going to deny that I was an amazing teacher and that I did love it. But the effect that I can have 
you know, helping those who are working with the kids then has that compounding effect of like all those parents with all of those kids. And it's so much more powerful. Um, and that has really become my calling. So um, I hear you and I'm so happy that you're out there doing this work. Yay. Same. Say, uh, same meaning mutually. Zahadadi. It's a mutual uh, admiration party. <laughs> and the, the so the piece about nurture, this falling completely into nurtured heart is that, so really quick for those of you that aren't familiar with nurtured heart completely, there's there's three stands of the nurtured heart that, that kind of keep you committed to this overall stand of believing in children's worth, greatness, purpose, beauty. Um, soul, like you said, Miriam, um, it's not necessarily a nurtured heart word, but it's a personal word, um, that, that believing that they're, that they're beautiful and that they're exactly how they need to be and that they're already doing great. Like they're already doing great. And we can just let reflect that to them so that they can know it and feel it and sense that the importance of them and, and stand in that and how much, um, beauty and, and light will come to the world if we're all showing up in our full cells owning that greatness we have because we're all here on purpose so it, that's like okay one sentence there so with the three stands it's kind of like how we stick to that in all our interactions and stand one would be where we're we're refusing to like make negativity matter and make that be the point of connection and make that be where we show up with our energy and care and because we we don't because mistakes happen and because we're all human and because it's okay to to not get it perfect all the time and also because we don't want to give that our energy and our and we don't want to grow that we don't want to water that like we it's fine like that's not the most important part of you at all like that's not who you are you know but then the stand two is the showing up for the good stuff like you're saying you know the the strength building like the that this is where you're getting it right and this is who you are. This is, this is, these are all the great qualities I see in you. And this is what you mean to the world. And this is what you bring to the world and all of that reflection all the time. But the stand three is almost the most confusing part and comes later in the process of learning nurtured heart. But once you kind of get all three stands, stand three becomes, it's so weird. They're all most important. Whenever I'm talking about one, I'm like, this is the most important stand, but stand three is so important. What stand three is, is it's clarity. It's, it's giving, it's, it's an understanding of how to show up, where to show up, what's expected, what success looks like, what the world is made of, what relationship is made of, what, you know, what, what is wanted. It's like, here we are, we're going to, we're going to, here's where we're going to show up and here's what we're going to energize and here's what we're going to connect over and here's what we're going to see. Well, if I don't know what I consider or what is considered appropriate or not appropriate, if I don't know what, um, how to help this child be successful or, or, or how to set up, you know, the stage for success. If I don't have things set up in an age appropriate or, um, stage appropriate way, then there's not really going to be a way to connect and build relationship over all the greatness, because if we're struggling all the time and everything's chaotic and nothing's, you know, appropriate, we're just going to see negativity all the time because we don't, we, we need, we need certain things. We have needs, right? We have needs. We have normal developmental needs. We have um, cognitive needs. We have, we have all these different needs, you know, emotional connection. So what you're doing is you are giving parents a roadmap for clarity when it comes to relationship and connection where a parent might see something that isn't going right. And instead of having that stand one leak 
like we call it, where we're looking at this kid and we're being like, oh my gosh, they're so rude, just to use your words that you said before, or I can't believe they're saying that for the 18th time. Like, how many times can I tell you? Or like, look at your friend, you know, and I'm seeing it as a kid who doesn't know how to connect or who isn't, who has social problems or, you know, and I'm seeing that negativity and I'm seeing the problem. I'm seeing the di- diagnosis. I'm seeing the disorder, you know, like it's just, and, and, um, and I'm, and I'm, and I'm triggered by that, or I'm, maybe I'm not triggered, but I'm amped by that. Like I'm fueled by that. And my interaction with my kid is fueled by this concern of this problem that I want to make sure doesn't affect their future. And so I'm entering that scenario with that fuel. Like I'm entering the scenario with that's not okay and should never happen. And so I'm going to like, Your mode. this is really, yeah. And so I'm going to energize the, what I'm energizing there is not is, is that the kid is not good at social skills and that's what the kid is going to walk away with. But when it comes to clarity, it's like we, we talk about the video game, like visualize that your, your kid is doing someone, I was just on the phone with someone earlier and they said they did an escape room um, over the vacation with their family. So let's just talk escape room, right? So you're in an escape room with somebody, you're the, you're the leader, you're the guide. I never even did an escape room, but okay. So you're the, you're the guide there. And, and, and so they get whatever they get done and now they're at the next stage. And so there's instructions, right? Like there should be some sort of like, here's what's going to happen when we come into this room, right? And and then they're pressing the wrong things and doing the wrong things. And so it's like, wait a second here. Let's, let's, let's map this out a little bit clearer. What, you know, where should you be looking? What is the right, maybe in an escape room, the idea is for them to figure it out themselves. So maybe that's not the best example, but whatever game we're playing, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, a sport we're playing, whatever it is, you want to set up the, the people you're guiding to know exactly what's next. Okay, so now you did, you know, now you did this part of the relay race. Next, you're going to have to climb over three mountains and jump over five, you know, like set it up, tell them what needs to happen, tell them how it needs to go and so that they can be successful. Why? Because I'm happy they're playing the game. I trust that they want to be here. I'm I know that they're going to, I want them to do well. I think that they can do well. This is a game that we all are choosing to play because it's fun and because it's great. And I want to, I want to set them up to win. I think they can win. So here, this is what you need to do. So when you're coming from a place of stand one and stand two are in place where I'm not like freak, I, I don't think it's a problem that my kid doesn't know everything. Like they weren't, nobody knows everything. And that's what I'm here for, to teach them. Like I have all this life experience. I maybe have a different personality, a different uh, strength that I get social skills more than them or what, you know, so great. So now, you know, it's not a problem that they don't have them. Stand two, I absolutely believe that they are making attempts at communicating. They're making attempts at connecting because they are engaging maybe with hitting or spitting or whatever, but they're engaging because they want connection just like every other human on the planet. So, which tells me they're completely capable of connection. And that's, you know, that's where their heart is. So let me help them from this place of stand three clarity of, Hey buddy, you know, let's talk about bubbles or whatever other brilliant examples you use, Miriam, that like, I'm just coming in with this clarity to help you know what the next step is to set you up for success. So it's coming from a place of, like you said, in your introduction, which is exactly the nurtured heart. I feel like you were talking nurtured heart, the foundation of you are a important part of this entire community of humans on this planet where we all make this like complicated complex connection of beauty like connected all together we need everyone 
And I see you wanting to be a part of it, which is great. We want you here too. So here's what you do. This is how, like, let me teach you. That's all. Like, and when you're playing that game, when you're the player and you have, you know, your next challenge up ahead and you don't really get it and someone explains it to you, you're like, oh, great. That's what I have to do. Okay, great. Now I can do it. It's you're helping them. You know, we're help. They want it. They want to hear that when it's coming from a place of setting them up for success and believing that they can be successful. So I think in stand three, people like you and the work you're doing are so enormously enhancing and helpful. And nurtured heart is not really how to live. It's the foundation. It's like a foundation that happens under everything else. So you have the stands in place, but like, what are those rules? What are those skills? What is that clarity? What are you teaching? What are your opinions? What are your values? I can't tell you that. Nurtured Heart doesn't tell you that. Nurtured Heart doesn't teach you how to teach, like what to teach or, or what, you know, what the rules should be. Nurtured Heart just says, whatever you're going to teach and however you're going to teach it and whatever your rules are going to be and whatever your values are going to be, do it from this place of belief in the person and in building and in, inner wealth and not, God forbid, diminishing that. So all those other parenting things out there are like, they're, they're all enhancing of, of nurtured heart. They're all, it's not about which approach you use. It's not about which method you use. It's about the energetic, like right side upness, if that makes sense. Like it's about the way that we're using these approaches that nurtured heart is saying, hmm, well, maybe we should, you know, turn around what we're focusing on here and why we're showing up. Because no, these kids are not flawed <laughs> and they're not, they're not, they're, they're not a problem. They're beautiful. And so let's just help them be their beautiful selves. So anyway, yes, that was my long way of saying that I think that what you're doing is so cool and such a gift to anyone. Because here's the thing, when people learn nurtured heart, it can feel, um, I know this for myself and I know this from other people, it can feel a little bit like your hands are tied and a little bit overwhelming because it's like, well, I know what not to do. I don't want to show up in this moment with all this negativity. I don't want to tell my kid off every time they, you know, say the wrong thing because I'm just going to be fueling this idea that like, they're always getting it wrong, always getting it wrong, always getting it wrong. And yeah, I want to, you know, show up for when they're getting it right. But like, now I don't know what to do because I don't know how to teach without leaking negativity. Like, what do I do? How do I teach this kid? You know, like this kid reality is this kid needs some social skills. They don't have them. They don't know them, you know? And until you kind of deep, deep in your understanding of stand three, it can feel very like, I don't have any way to like be a parent here. Like how do I, you're a teacher. Um, but when you kind of the full understanding of stand three, it's like, no, absolutely. We want to bring in all of this. We want to bring in these skills for connection. We want to bring in these other, you know, um, I regulate regulation things, um, you know, other you know, play ideas, game ideas, just structure ideas, just all these other things that are already out there. No need to reinvent the wheel. Bring them in from this place of yeah, that that three stands, that that belief in inner wealth, that um, energetic field that's right side up, where we're where we're sure we're sure that this child is destined for greatness. We're sure that they're already being great, and so we're just here to let them know, you know, what the, what the story is. <laughs> let me tell you what you don't know. That's all. Um, yeah. I think that what you were speaking to about it coming from that place of strength, it's really not about, it's not either about how you, what you say or the words you use it's, and that's why this work is so deep and so life-changing. Like once 
we really delve into it. It's because it's how I feel about what I'm saying. It's about how I feel about the kid. And only I know that. Mm-hmm. And only I, like, it's not, it, and it, you know, whatever book I read or whatever anyone else says isn't, isn't necessarily the truth of how I feel. How I feel is only how I feel. And navigating that world of how I feel about stuff and, and changing my own perspective and healing my own, you know, pain around certain things or triggers around certain things that make me see things in such a negative light or taking good care of myself so that I could then be open to having an overflow of compassion and love and empathy because I'm feeling good. You know, all of these tons of layers of take of dealing with this, like taking care of me is really what's at play here for any of this to be what it's meant to be. So it's really not about the method and the books and the words. Yeah. And it's interesting because like very often when I do therapist trainings or parent trainings, the first thing that I tell them is in my mind, the way I see nurtured heart is like a like nurturing chain, you know, where chain is like, like a godly, like essence part of just, you know, like a, like a, like a, this in, inherent sparkle. So like when I'll tell pa- therapists, okay, these are the technical, these are the technical tools, but without a sense, a child's having a sense of, I am worthy and I'm loved and I can, and I am, then what are they going to be talking about? Like, so you'll teach them conversation skills, but they need a sense uh they need to have a certain amount of um, lovability, <laughs> just for lack of a better word. And that comes from actually being seen as lovable and being connected to as lovable. So then when they do come and they do have a conversation or they do show up, you know, using the tools that'll help people see their lovability, you know, that that's the point. The point is connecting to who they actually are, to believing that they, who they are is actually big and good and wonderful. Then these are the tools to how to like remove distraction. I remember thinking of one client who, um, you know, she, she's so wonderful in so, 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 so many ways. Um, and she would do things that would be like, you know, she would hug for too long or too tight and people would avoid her because it was uncomfortable for them to be around her. So like they were missing her shining light because there was distracting things for her. And so before anyone could work with her, they would first have to be able to see who, look at this amount of sheer love that she has in her, the sheer energy that she has in her this year, to see that and to be able to communicate even with giving directions of, okay, this is like, this would be an appropriate amount of tightness because she has sensory issues. So this would be the appropriate amount of tightness that would be uncomfortable. This is the amount of time that's okay to hug somebody. It's not okay to kiss a friend on the cheek. It is okay to kiss a grandmother or a mother on the cheek, meaning things that, but she has so much love. So like you want people to connect to who she is, but giving her a framework to be able to say like, these are going to be things that are going to distract from who you are. Who you are isn't your hug. Who you are is the amount of love you have in your hug. And that is incredible and powerful and explosive and so wonderful. So we we don't want people to be distracted by these other pieces, which they might be, because that's a normal thing. We live in a a world where people um, need to function in a certain way. They can't just have people coming and hugging them for a certain amount of time. It's just not functional, Uh, even though there is love and love should be celebrated. But they're going to miss you. They're going to completely ride you off and miss your love, miss what you're bringing to the table. If it's, if we can't sort of support 
that. So it has to come from a place whenever we work with our child of believing in their bigness and being able to, the barriers we take away are to help support better access to their bigness. It's not about let change who you are. Who you are is not good. Hugs are wonderful. People aren't going to be able to enjoy your hugs when they're this long. They'll enjoy them when they're a second and a half. When they're 10 seconds, that's too long. Then they feel like, get away from me. This is creepy. It's too much. So like being able to like give them that, you know, and, and you don't have to say it's creepy too much, but like this is the amount of time that people will be able to see you. So there's, I guess, two pieces of that that I would think is, which is one of them, which is the piece of being able to, as as adults, connect to the people in our, connect to our kids and be able to see their bigness and only think about those pieces as like, okay, we won't, don't, these are distractions from the bigness that these could serve as distractions. And we could teach you how to, you know, moderate these distractions for the sake of your bigness. And another piece is being able to really uh, cultivate our children's bigness, because once they know the tools and they know the skills, what are they going to be bringing forward if we don't actually see their strength? Um, I'm thinking of a, a client that I worked with years ago who, you know, they were aging out of the system. You know, I was working the schools at the time and everyone around them in their school was like a special ed school at the, where they were working, was very kind to them and they were doing very, very well. But everyone was kind to them, like as a kindness. It wasn't because people actually enjoyed them. It was because they were acting kindly towards this person. And this person was going to leave the school system and they can continue their whole life. And people probably will be kind to them as a friend because they may not have stimulating conversation or they may not be adept. And it may be like a sort of like a burden on the people around them. So one of the things that I was really, you know, cultivating was uh, sort of like finding what was her what was her passion? What was her life? What was her, what was her bigness? And literally what you're saying, nurturing, nurturing that aspect of herself. So that way, when she comes forward, even if people are like, okay, like, do I have time to talk to her right now? Cause I know it's going to be going on an extra, whatever amount of time. Or, you know, if I look away, she's not going to know, I have to explicitly say I have to leave, but that there's enough there that sort of um, lubricates the interactions. So these are kids who are really, really struggling. So like, okay. I mean, you could think of in your own life, the people that are more effortful to engage with. So but if if we cultivate within our kids what is really truly lovable about them they are going to walk around with that so like what this looks like practically in different ways and this um you know this what i'm saying is not pc but i do find that the more that we can connect to and and grow what is naturally blossoming and naturally shining then these kids can walk around and these people can walk around and we can walk around knowing our bigness and then that's what we bring forward so like Again, like practically what this looks like is like somebody who loves um, writing and is able to offer free writing services. So then like people, it's, it sort of creates that lubrication for when it's very hard for them because they might put their weight on somebody or have, uh, you know, too much emotional um like uh, on other people when they're not, they're not available for it. Obviously we want to be in relationships where people can accept us and love us and see us in our bigness. Um but we also have to be in relationships where we're understanding, okay, I have a self and the other person might be in the middle of their day. And I, just because I have a thing, I can't just dump my stuff on them. Yes, I have strong feelings. Yes, those feelings are good, but I have to think about self and other. So being able to like find enough uh, nurture within our kids, enough of their strengths and polish them and shine on them. So that way when they're coming forward and they are perhaps going to be more of a, a strain for people, they are bringing forward so they will be able to succeed in their relationships and they will be able to. So in my mind, like these two components um, are like what you're describing as far as like believing in them um, are essential uh, for social skills. 
And this isn't even like a nurtured heart as a whole um, approach for ADHD. The first time I heard it, it blew my mind because uh, I know that ADHD is a chemical imbalance. There's physiologically less dopamine being absorbed in the brain, which means, which is why we see the behaviors we see because that, you know, the amount uh, of dopamine is necessary for the amount of attention. So like if they don't have um, enough dopamine then they can't think of something that happened previously and then be like, oh, last time I punched him, he punched me back. Maybe I shouldn't punch him, you know, because that's remembering past events. They need enough dopamine to support the past event and the present event, which is, you know, but so how, how is Nurtured Heart working for this? So I, I actually, um, you know, I, I taught this when I was teaching emotional regulation and all these different things about this, this research from Nurtured Heart. Um, and only recently, like probably like a month and a half ago, I was, you know, trying to really understand this idea. And I found this article that was talking about how praise releases dopamine. So a child who has lessened amounts of dopamine is going to crave the praise. It's going to provide that praise to be able to reinforce it for the next time. As we know, habits are created by dopamine rushes. That's what like makes us instinctively reach toward that of our phone or whatever. Um, it's it created a release of dopamine. So like uh, understanding the principles of nurtured heart is is very important for being able to shine on our kids' strengths, so that way they can be able to. Um, people can enjoy them and to also be able to um, help them be able to to understand and recognize like how their brain is working and understand like how this praise is actually going to be supportive for them in being able to follow through with behaviors in the future or uh, being able to see themselves as somebody who does succeed in xyz scenario it's fun wow you're like my brain is racing not my brain not it's not racing it's just like there's 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 something so deep about what you're saying um it's also all really beautiful that you're bringing parents this package of here's where the distractions that we're going to be you know helping not we're going to help it, help the child so that they're not too much of a weight on others or making others run off without getting to know their beauty. Like that would just be so sad. Like there's no, you know, let's, let's make them easier. Um, not, you know, not sabotage, I guess, you know, themselves by teaching them these skills, but then also let's make their light so strong that it's obvious <laughs> there's, they're showing it off. They're they're living it so bigly and so strongly that people want people people see that and get that and love that. And it's like that's there's so much value to that. There's so much value to them. And whether or not the distractions are there and are bothering me, and maybe I need to take a break from or whatever. When this is strong enough, when the light is strong enough, I'm going to want to come back. Like it's it's it make it it brings this this value. What, what I what I think is so mind-blowing about what you're saying is that I think like you said this is for every kid it's the practice it's 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 a real like um how would you translate the word aboda in English I don't know um it's a I don't real, know if you mean by effort or a task or the combination of those two <laughs> this like this real like um opportunity <laughs> process of evolving process, this this yeah idea of like yes i i can speak for hours and i'm sure everyone would agree with me and whoa yeah mm -hmm, you know like amen to that 
that like everyone's purposeful and everyone has purpose and whatever. But we're talking about real people. We're talking about your children, okay? In your classroom or in your home who, you know, you are emotionally invested in and therefore much less objective to. Like they are in your buttons and every, you know, you see all the parts of them. This is like a real focused purposeful process that like I hear you asking me as a parent or I hear you asking the world as people in relation to other people can I can I hold on to this belief that this person adds value to this world that is so valuable that like it is such a blessing that they're here can I hold on to that belief long enough and focused enough to find out the how to like get to that place where I actually get it, that I don't just believe it and so therefore I'll accept you and therefore I'll be kind to you, like you said. I'll be kind to you because I believe people are worthy. That I hold on to that belief to make it practical, to get to know you enough. Whether it's looking at baby pictures, I tell this to parents a lot, look at your baby, look at the, your baby's baby pictures, remember how beautiful they are. Like whether it's watching you, whether it's letting go of all expectations just for one little moment to, really get to know who you are without drop the social skills, drop everything. Like, who are you? What do you bring? And so whether it's music or writing or like a talent or brilliance, like you're saying, or it's a personality or a sparkle or just an energy, a scent, like a, an innocence, an honesty, um, a, 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 a belief in others, a, a kindness, a selflessness. Like if I could like actually find that, then when I'm reflecting that, I'm not working hard to, it's hard work maybe to find that. But once I find it, I'm not BSing. I'm not, I'm not being, uh, you know, inauthentic. I'm just constantly bringing myself back to remembering who this person is and seeing it and reflecting that. And I think that something that we talk about in Nurtured Heart, and it's, it, it was in what you said in such a deep, that's, this is the depth, like there's so much depth to what you're saying that, the idea where we want to see past the connection, the, sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the word connection on the screen, look past the behavior and and like read into, it's, it's the idea of the toll taker in Richard Hart, the toll taker um, intention where I'm choosing how I see it by looking past the, you know, just the behavior or what's actually happening, even if it's a really, really bad thing, even if it's really, really not okay and actually has to be stopped and I actually will stop it because I need to stop it. But my, my, my perceptive, my perception of it, the way I'm looking at it, the way I'm choosing to see it and relate to it is to look past it and to kind of receive, I'm going to mix in some Laura Doyle here, <laughs> to receive and like all of that, to like receive the heart message, to like receive where that person's actually coming from, to see them in that moment, to really see them in that moment. So like, like I said earlier, you know, if this kid is, you know, scratching and, and hitting and in people's faces because they don't have the social skills and they don't know they're nonverbal, I can choose to see a kid who so, so cares about others and is so engaged in connection. They're doing whatever they can to be a part of this confusing mass of people who somehow know how to connect and they don't know how to be, they're engaged. They're like, hey, hey, me too, me too, me too. And they're me too that they're jumping in on hurts people and makes people run away. But who are they? They're kids who want to connect. Her, she wants to hug the, the client you spoke about. Who is she? What do, what do two long hugs mean? 
She wants to connect with people. If anything, she has the gift of connection more than all of us. We have a tolerance level where it's like, okay, only yeah, agreed. Like, but now I want to. Now I want to be like. But there's no level. There's no cap on their love. They're so generous with their love. They're so you know these kids that are so honest and they say things like, you know, your nose is crooked or you know your your why is your skin that color or you know things like that and they're just they're so honest. They're also the kids who are going to be like yeah, I ate the peanut butter, you know, I ate the thing or, or they're also going to be the kids who are going to be like, I love you so much. And, you know, I always love you no matter, they're just so honest. And there's no, there's no dishonesty in them. There's no crumb of like evil in them. They're just so and pure. It's, it's like, so if it's, I it's like, you, I find like the parents will be at different starting points. Like some parents will like, won't see what's wrong, like what's wrong with their kid. Meaning like there's the kid will not have any friends in school. The teacher will call them. Like, she's like, I'm telling you this child is social. And the parents like, she's doing amazing. And then I'll have the opposite where parents will be like, I, this child is completely impossible. I cannot, I don't know. And it's almost like th- what you're describing is like, there's even greatness in both of them. Meaning the parent who can't see her child's small challenges, because we all have challenges. This is going, that is the parent's greatness versus the, the parent who like, only sees that that's a parent's also greatness because coming from a place of love of like, I really desperately want to give my child the world. So like, like what you're describing as like anything that our child is presenting with to be able to shine where they're, who they are. So that way, when they come across, they're oozing their bigness is an essential, essential prerequisite to being able to provide any skills. Otherwise it's just obnoxious. Like stop hugging so long. Yeah. Make eye contact. That's obnoxious. (laughs) Well, like if it's coming from right. like, and I see you and I want everyone to see you and who you are is so big. And this is how, this is the language of communication. Like you want to communicate this exploding love. These are the ways that you can do it. You do it like this. People won't hear the love. You have the love. You are all love. People won't hear it. And like that distinction of being able to like have like what you're saying, like the dichotomy of them both together where they, you know, that those pieces are essential. I just cut you off. I'm sorry. I just wanted to make that caveat about the parents who who can who can see and also yeah. those who can't see. They both are from strength. Right. We need to bring them both in, and that's what you were saying before, also about the you know the distractions and the bigness, you and you want to have both there. Um, um, but I think like even to take it to the next level, when I'm able to hear that heart message, when I'm able to see who they are in their you know behavior or lack of lack thereof or you know whatever problem, negativity. Um, I'm able to, we talk about intensity in Nurtured Heart. We talk about harnessing the intensity. We don't want to take the intensity away. We want to harness it. This is what we're doing. We're saying, and you just kind of just said it. I'm just kind of repeating almost what you said, but it's taking that love. It's saying, you're so loving. You're so loving. You want to love everyone, right? I love that about you. I want you, you know, like, let me help you be that love. Here's how love looks for other people. Like we're different and you're different and they're different and we're all different. And so love doesn't look like that for other people or for everyone, some people maybe, but most people, you know, love looks like this. So let's take all that love and let's use that love to fuel appropriate behavior. Like here's here's where to use, like you just said, use that love appropriately. I think for ourselves too, when we can make that switch, it's so powerful for myself when I feel, I can think of so many examples off the top of my head where I'm feeling so upset. I mean, the easiest one, honestly, to talk about is with my husband because it's a mutual, it's a adult to adult relationship. 
where it's easy for me to say, well, he's an adult, so, you know, I'm not responsible for his behavior. He should just like, you know, have it all together. But if I can choose to feel my feelings of hurt or feel my feelings of, of annoyance or feel my feelings of frustration with whatever it is that's in that moment, you know, again, this is real life we're talking about. It's going to happen. I, okay, so I had this one moment. I'm not going to, I don't even remember the, the exact um, scenario, but I was very upset and very hurt. <laughs> that's what I know. And like to be able to take, they say, put down the, put down the, um, put down the magnifying, pick up the mirror, put down the magnifying glass and pick up the mirror. Like, so here I'm feeling all of this frustration about him. So now it's like, okay, he'll go to my room, <laughs> to my space, close the door. Your bubble. You know, for me, like get in my bed. Yes, get in my bubble, exactly. And like start reflecting on that. And what I reflected on when breathing, you know, I was crying, I was feeling my hurt. And if anything, like taking that time to pick up the mirror makes it worse mm -hmm. first. Because like you're allowing it to really blossom. You're allowing yourself to really feel hurt and really feel sad. And I'm crying and I'm upset and I'm like, what is this, right? What's that heart message? What's the truth of me here? And so as I'm breathing into how much this hurts, I'm like, oh my gosh, I really love this man. I really value connection and relationship. Anything that gets in the way of that hurts me so much because of how committed I am to relationship with this man and how much I want it and how much I care about it. I'm just, I am the greatness of connection. That's who I am. That's what I am. I was able to find my bigness, as you're calling it, my greatness in that space. And then breathing in that, that, that love for him and that commitment to him and that desire for connection, I harnessed that in like, well, what's going on with him right now? Like, if it's all about connection and it's all about relationship and it's all about love, then who cares why I'm hurt? Like, why is that okay? It's not okay to say who cares why I'm hurt. It's okay because I took care of myself, because I did cry, because I did hold myself, because I did caress myself, because I did bring myself to a place where I was authentically mm -hmm. in love. And in that place, it's like, what's going on with him? And I was like, oh my gosh, you know, whatever's going on for him. And the thing is believing, right? If I know he loves me and I know he cares about me, if anything, the worse he's behaving, just as a reflection on how much, how much harder of a time he must be having, because for him to act like that, wow, he must really, there must be something really going on because he would never treat someone he loves that way. You know, like, so coming to that place of really feeling my greatness in that same hurt and same, you know, and then harnessing that to propel me into the harder thing, the higher road of finding empathy and finding understanding and compassion for him, I use that same really underlying primary emotion to fuel me towards going out to him. And again, I don't remember the exact scenario, but connecting and it was beautiful. I, I like, it was such a beautiful connection that we had maybe even more intimate and beautiful than what would have happened if we hadn't had that incident. Because mm -hmm. it was from such a place of connection, such a place of compassion and such a place of openness and understanding and, and acceptance. So powerful. It's, it's, a, it's, I don't want to do away with a behavior. I don't want to do away with a, with a, with a kid who's struggling. I want to say that I see you try, hugging for so long. That means you love people so much oh my gosh, I have a skill set for you of how to love people in a way they can receive it. Exactly. Let's go love people. Here's how. And we're not diminishing that love and we're not diminishing them as a person. We're only enhancing them. Exactly. So we're, what, this was, was great. We, I, 
watching the time. Thank you. I'm watching the time. We should probably close up here. Um, so I just want to turn the mic to you for any closing thoughts or um, whatever. Just maybe, yeah. What, closing thoughts, just reflections. That yeah, I just said that last piece, it just resonated so deeply that like, as I was saying, like the parents who are coming, who say like, oh my gosh, my child's, you know, ch struggling so much, or the parent that's saying like, I don't see anything for a parent to check in with themselves to do like what you just described and to be able to be like, I am, you know, so many times the guilt that parents will feel or the pressure that parents will feel or the stress that parents will feel. And one of the things I always start with what is reframing it as this stress, the amount of stress you're experiencing is directly correlated to the amount of love you feel for your child. Because if you did not love your child, you would not be stressed about X, Y, Z, element OP. Or no, it's just, I want my house to be functional. It's not that I love my kid. I just want to be functional. If whatever the component is to find the heart, you know, and, and I'll have these conversations with parents when the more that we can find within ourselves, that frame, the more we can find in our kids, these frames, that's the framework for us to be able to teach any skills. What I'm talking about is step two. You cannot do it unless there's a, a, a place of recognition of yourself. Even if that's recognition of, oh, I have love for my child. I have compassion for my child. It is looking like anxiety right now. It is looking like frustration right now. It is looking, but it's connected to love. Then you can start the work, you know, and even if just the first step is saying like, oh, I have anxiety. Oh, maybe that's connected. That is the first step. So to think like, oh, I'm not there yet. No, that here, you heard that sentence. You're there now. <laughs> that is all you need to know is that the, your process with your child of learning the tools of how I'm going to be able to teach my, my kids these skills, that these are the pieces that will give you the energy. Use your stress to energize yourself in your process and in your journey of exploring your child and supporting your child in this and Musti, i just want to thank you again so so much uh for allowing me to be here with you and sharing this space and this bubble double together um and all that you do for all of us in in helping support all of us in our bubbles thank you very much oh you're welcome thank you so much as well and how can people find you i'll put a little and i'll put in the show notes or i don't know however you're watching this somewhere find the notes to see her um, but maybe verbally, do you want to just say, uh, you could do you have a website join, or an email that they can? Yeah, you could email me, Miriam, um, at skillsforconnection.com or skillsforconnection at gmail.com. Uh, and I have WhatsApp groups if you want to join, be able to have, you know, daily or weekly or whatever it's going on at the time, uh, you know, information or t tips or tools or how to be able to teach your ch children skills for connection and social skills. Yay. Amazing. Thank you. Have a good day, everybody. Thank you.